0: ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now.
1: Member FDIC. Our phone lines this hour brought to you by White Claw at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. White Claw hard seltzer. It is made pure. Our text line also open 304-523-2275. We've got a lot to get into today. We're going to hear from Coach Huff a little bit later on, get his recruiting comments. His presser was earlier in the afternoon. He's got a lot to be excited about. A lot of signees coming to play for the Thundering Herb. We'll go into that a little bit later on. We've also got basketball coming up tonight. The women are in action, six o'clock at the Cam Henderson Center. The men coming up tonight. We go on the air at six o'clock with our pregame coverage here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And of course on 93.7 the dog. So Thundering Herd making that trip to Athens, Ohio. This is going to be a fun one. The Bobcats, pretty good. They're seven and two this season. They are undefeated at home, 5-0 and there. They were picked second to finish in the Mid-American Conference and the preseason coaches poll. They're a pretty good team. When I had a chance to catch up with Dan D'Antoni, get his thoughts on what herd fans can expect, here's what he had to say about Ohio.
0: It's going to be similar to Eastern. They shoot a lot of threes. I think 45% of their offense comes from threes. have uh, two bigger bodies inside, though, that uh, we'll have to deal with. They do post them up so uh we'll have to deal with some post-ups and provide some help maybe so we'll see what happens
1: the marshall women's team back in action at the cam henderson center one final home non-conference game against the alderson broadest battlers tip off is scheduled for tonight six o'clock ab comes into the contest with a five and four record and has had some high scoring games the Battlers are averaging over 82 points a contest and they've hit triple digits twice tony kemper when i caught up with him talked about ab how aggressive they play
2: i think they're all relatively aggressive i mean i think every everyone has players that are more aggressive than others but you know it, it's not what we've seen is not you know work it around until we get it to the taylor it's it's an aggressive brand of basketball it tries to get the ball to the basket and you know, tries to do that quickly in the possession. So you're not just keying in on one person and, and trying to figure out their tendencies and, and figuring out how to slow that down. I, I think you're right on that that individual, but um, we're going to have to guard the ball at all spots. You know, we're going to have to contest shots, contain dribble, everybody. And that's good for us. That's that's something that we we have tried to work on since the Coppin State game. I, I do think it improved up at St. At Bonaventure and we need to improve again.
1: Big recruiting day for the Thundering Herd. You get Colt Pennington. You get a Pennington as a quarterback in the future, possibly. That should be fun for Herd fans to talk about on the message boards for several weeks and months. We've got a lot to go over. I think at best we hear from the coach himself, so we'll do that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
3: This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1. AM is 9:30
0: presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank.
1: Today's like Christmas for college coaches across America and coach Huff, no exception. The Thundering Herd announcing several signees today. They're updating the list constantly at herdzone.com. Which player are you most excited about after you looked at the list? Are you excited that there might be a Pennington at quarterback for the Thundering Herd in the future? Are you excited about that? Are you excited about the caliber of kids that are coming in to play for the Thundering Herd? Is there anyone that you look at and go, wow, I can't believe Marshall got him. So you can drop your text to me at our text line, 304-523-2275, 304-523-2275. So I kind of want to get your feedback on that, but, I don't think I can talk about Marshall recruiting as well as Coach Huff can talk about Marshall recruiting. So we've got his press conference from earlier in the afternoon, and Coach taking a few minutes uh, from the bowl schedule. They had a command center set up. I mean, you're doing all the bowl stuff and you're doing the recruiting stuff at the same time, of course. You're not at home. So, you got to set up and do these things, uh, you know, whatever room you can put yourself in. So, they had a little makeshift, little mini command center going on. And uh, this is Coach Huff. Uh, this is part one of his presser talking about some of the signees, what he was looking for. And he's pretty excited, pretty positive on the fact that he thinks that the Thundering Herd did get better with this class.
0: Right now, I'm really excited about the class. I think we addressed some issues, um, immediate issues. I think we addressed some future issues, and I think we also elevated the talent level on our team. Um, So one of the goals that we wanted to make sure when we started this recruiting class is that obviously we were in a good situation coming in where we had a lot of super seniors. Um, We played a lot of football here. We had a lot of um, success here. So we wanted to make sure that when those guys left, we didn't have huge drop-offs in the areas that those guys were leaving from. And then we also wanted to, kind of even out the roster. The roster was a little lopsided at some positions. Um, So we had to make sure that we did some um, maintenance and managing, you know, so we don't have this problem two years down the road where all of a sudden we don't have, we have gaps in our roster. So I think we did a really good job. Big shout out to Michael Villagrana, who is our general manager, kind of heads up our recruiting, him and his department um, did a phenomenal job all year of making sure that. Our recruiting efforts matched our intensity on the field, uh, making sure that we had a great plan, um, doing a lot of behind-the-scenes work when coaches were game planning, um, already having kids eviled and prepped and ready to be um, you know, moved on. So really good day. Uh, a lot of positive for Marshall going on right now. I'm just really happy to be a part of it.
2: Coach, so much goes into signing day. Is this, is this a nerves day for you, or is this kind of a, a relief day once you start getting those signatures in?
0: Uh, it's, it's a little bit more like shifting gears in a car, you know, you're, you're, you're running your RPMs all the way up until, you know, you get that in and now we can shift gears. Um, but the car is still moving forward. Um, because again, you know, as soon as we get these, um, young men signed, cleared, and everything gets checked off, um, our next focus after this meeting, we got a one o'clock team meeting, um, that's starting right now. So after this meeting, Um, I'll actually get on the phone with about 10 to 15 um, 2023 kids in the state of West Virginia um, to start the recruiting process on them. Obviously, a lot of them we've already identified um, and had some communication with over the summer, but we focused a lot on the 22s and the transfer portal and evaluating. So now it's time to turn the page. So, yeah, we're shifting gears and, you know, this phase of it is over and you feel comfortable knowing that these young men are going to be a part of the program, but now it's moving forward to the next. So, Um, we'll talk to probably realistically, I'll probably talk to five today, five tomorrow and five, um, you know, on, on Friday, um, but starting on the 23s, because again, relationship building, getting them to know that, you know, our focus in recruiting in-state talent is still there. Um, and also getting them to understand that, you know, you don't have to leave home to, to be successful in college.
1: Coach, you probably already maybe answered this question, but I'll, I'll, I'll ask you a different way. Where do you see the immediate impact of this recruiting class? Is it going to be a gradual process as you get in to the next season? Or, I mean, will there be, you know, some kids that really just have that immediate impact for you that you're looking for?
0: Well, I think anytime, um, two things. One, anytime you get into the transfer portal, you're looking for immediate impact, right? You're, you're probably not going in the transfer portal for a developmental player. Could happen, but it's just not our focus. So, all the guys that we've got out of the transfer portal, we're looking for immediate impact. Now, does immediate impact mean that they're going to win the Heisman? No, but immediate impact means they should come in and be able to give us a veteran player from an experience from a physicality, from a, hey, they've had a year or two or three of physical development in a college program. They've played in a college game. Um, and all those young men will be early enrolling. So that will help us kind of get a full winter, spring, summer, um, adapting them to our process and how we do things, right? Cause it's still gonna be a little bit of a transition. Um, so from that perspective, I, I think the transfer portal is gonna help us fill some holes quickly that are going to allow us to to kind of keep some things rolling and not have a step back. Uh, one of the areas that I think we lost a lot of or will be losing a lot of um, experience and depth is going to be in the secondary. Uh, we we are blessed right now to be playing with some veteran guys back there. You know, Brandon Drayton, Nazi Johnson, Corey McCoy played a lot of football uh, for Marshall University. You know, Corey being just one year, but Naz and BD have played a lot of football back there. Um, and with them exhausting their eligibility, um, you know, having some veteran presence return is going to be huge. Um, do we have some guys on the team now that have played, you know, um, a role back there? Yes, but again, we need some some depth in the secondary. Um, I think some of the young guys, even that we signed out of high school, which may not give us an immediate impact, but it will create depth, right? So now you're able to say, hey, you know, where Brandon Drayton played 52 snaps on defense, well, the next guy may not be Brandon Drayton-ready. He may be only to play 32. Well, if we can get one of the freshmen to play 12, you know, we, we've still kind of closed the gap on what we're missing there. So I think that's going to be one of the biggest areas. Um, defensive line, you know, I, I know at the beginning of the year, I talked about how I thought our defensive line was probably one of the most destructive, uh disruptive in Drupal 5. Well, a lot of those guys are exhausted eligibility. Um, so, uh, having to be able to get some D linemen to come in that have some playing experience at the college level is going to help as well. Um, I don't think you can ask a high school offensive or defensive lineman to come in and truly make an impact. If they do, that's a bonus. But just from a physicality standpoint and the natural maturation of their body, right, a high school kid's not going to walk in and be ready to compete with a 22 year old. O-linemen if they're on the D-line, but what I do think, if you can get, there can be some skill sets that they're going to be able to use, you know, if they're a speed rusher off the edge, well, you can use them on third down, you can use them to rush the passer, but I think you need some veteran guys to fill those holes that the T.J. Johnsons uh, of the world are going to be, you know, creating a void there, you know, Jamari Edwards is moving on, Um, you know, so those, those are some key guys inside, you know, Rodney Croom is a guy who's played a lot of football here, um, so those are some guys that we got to replace right away.
2: Coach, one of the positions you had in depth was that quarterback you signed as a right now Peter Zamora and Cole Pennington. Kind of talk about those two signings and what do you think bring to the offense?
0: Yeah, you know, I think you know it's it's obvious, right? We we we've got a void behind Grant, you know, not that Luke is not doing a you know phenomenal job of you know managing his role. Um, but we we've got to find someone to push Grant. And you know, I know Tom loves Grant He's gonna invite him over for Thanksgiving next year and everything. Um, but at some point Grant's going to exhaust eligibility right and you don't want the person behind him to be a true freshman Um, and and to be honest quarterbacks at our level are probably one of the hardest positions to um, to truly evaluate or predict right so you say well why'd you sign three well really you know after after Grant you know you got Luke and you got Cam who are on scholarship well really there's no one else in, in that room on scholarship you know so Will all three of them, you know, turn out to be great players? I don't know. Well, if it takes one of them two years to mature into a really great player or one year to mature into a really great player, um, you know, I think we've all known for a while, if you don't have a quarterback, you're um, you you going to struggle to move the ball offensively. So the reason for us taking three was to make sure that we found two who could definitely do the job. Now, if all three of them can do it, great. You know, I think that's my job and I think it's our Uh, coach's job to find a way to make those guys tell us to play them. But, you know, Luke's going to exhaust eligibility, you know, moving forward at some point, Grant's going to exhaust eligibility. Um, You know, so you got to have someone, you know, behind those guys who is developing in the program and not thrown into the fire as a true freshman. I think we got lucky or Marshall got lucky with Grant, right? He was thrown into the fire as a true freshman and he did some really good things. Um, but that's the outlier, right? I mean, how many times do you see a true freshman jump in and have a bunch of success at quarterback at a program like Marshall that the expectations are high? Um, So we wanted to give those guys some developmental time, you know, to actually mature into who they could really be.
3: When you look at the quarterback position, especially in today's time with the transfer portal, it's almost a slippery slope, and because if a guy's really good, he could, if you're at Marshall, a guy's really good, he can move on to another program. If he's not good, then you've got to find the next step. So I mean it it sort of lends itself to taking more than the usual position, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, you, you kind of gotta you gotta change your philosophy now with the with the transfer portal. I mean, the reality of it is, I mean, Tom may may run grand out of here. I mean, he just may get tired of his questions. I love it, Tom. Sorry. Right. But the reality of it is, right? I mean, it, it could happen to anybody, you know, it's, it's just we we, you, we live in that world now, you either adapt or die. Um, and, and let me back up, I don't have any inclination that that is, you know, that, that Grant or anybody else on our team would do that, but who knows? Um, you know, when guys walk in, my philosophy, when a guy walks in and says, hey, coach, I'm going in the transfer portal, I say, hey, awesome, man. Anything we can do to help you, you know, we're here for you. I, I don't get into why you should or why you shouldn't. Um, so I think you got to, at all positions, you got to kind of be ready. Um, and then there, there's going to come a time, right, where, where Grant's going to have to make a decision on, one more year eligibility, or do I, you know, go into you know the next level of my career, whatever that may be? Um, and you don't want to be caught where one you got go to go into transfer and find a starter, or two you got to start somebody who's not ready. Um, so you got to kind of not overload, but you got to kind of have more than less, if that makes sense at that position. Um, it's tough to take a quarterback out of the transfer portal because you're talking about limited years, you're talking about new system. You're talking about you, you. 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 don't really have time to develop them because if you're taking a quarterback out of the transfer portal, you're probably expecting him to come in and play right away, right? Because you're saying that probably we don't have what we need in our program. So you, there's a lot that goes into that. It's 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 a high risk, a high reward anytime you dabble in the in the transfer portal, but it is extremely high risk, high reward when you dabble with the quarterback position, unless. You know the quarterback, right? If, if if someone that on our staff, hey, this kid was at such and such school. I coached there. I know him. I know his mentality. I know his, you know, intellect. I know his ability to throw. Different. But if you're just watching film and you're just you know scouring the portal, well, quarterback, man, that's tough.
3: You look, at, and a lot of people might think the same of the running back position. You got one of the top freshmen in the country at, at running back in Rasheed they see two, three, four running backs being taken. But, uh, you know, again, a similar philosophy as far as Rasheen, you know, with the season he's had. And and obviously, um, you know, you look at some of the defections you've got in the running back room, that was an important position for you too.
0: Yeah, you know, and everything we do has a process. I know you guys just think that I just show up, you know, at games and say go left and pump my fist. But no, um, if you look at our running back room, right, okay, so – um, Pop had an injury, you know, over, uh, last year. So, you know, we're, he's still rehabbing and working back. But with any injury, right, you stub your toe, you don't know if that toe will ever be good again or not. Okay, so there's 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 a question mark. Well, Sheldon Evans has got a decision to make at the end of the year, right? You know, is he going to, you know, use his super senior year? or Is he going to transition on to the next phase of his life? Um, knowledge McDaniels is no longer in the program. Um, so now you're really down to, um, Ali and Ethan Payne, the poker pit, Um, you know, so you're really down to two guys. Well, again, running back is one of those positions. It takes time to develop. Right. You know, it's, it's not a, just a thing. I think Rasheen Ali has would have been great if we threw him in there as a true freshman. But he wouldn't be the guy he is now if he didn't have a year of development under his belt where he played a handful of snaps here behind Knox. But he practiced every day. Um, so in that, when you look at that, you say, okay, well, we need an older guy to be able to come in and understand, you know, hey, this is college football, this is how I take care of my body, this is how I run, those type of things. But you also need some younger guys, you know, to start developing so we can say, hey, down the road, we have the next Rasheen Ali or Doug Chapman or whatever it is. Um, to be honest, Rasheen Ali's gonna have some decisions to make here in the near future, you know, whether he returns to school or does he move on to the next phase of his life? You know, I think a lot of times this COVID year has thrown some people's perception of, you know, where guys really are in their college maturation, you know, really. Rasheen next year will be going into his third year. Is that correct? Correct. So Coyer just told me this is the end of Ali's third year, you know, so by moving on purposes, you know, he's he's done his time in college that allows him to move on. Now, I'm not saying that he will or won't. Um, but again, you, you got to kind of prepare for some of these things. You know, obviously, he's had a phenomenal year. Um, he's nationally known. He's done some really good things. Um, you know, so, again, you, you got to kind of prepare if he walks in at the end of next year and says, hey, coach, I'm going to take my talents you know to the NFL. I think I've had a really good year. OK, well, who do you have? Um, so a lot of these positions where it looks like we've taken a lot, we're just preparing, you know, for the opportunity that, you know, something happens and and, and guys make decisions. Now, I think at running back, um, you know, you can spread the love, right? You can play multiple guys at running back. You probably are good playing two and a half guys in a real. Like if you have a guy like Ali, you're probably playing two and a half guys. Um, but you're also thinking about. Um, special teams you know your coverages your your return game you know so there's a lot of areas where the skill set as a running back can hit the field
1: that's coach huff we're going to hear more from him as i said this is a two-parter we'll give you his thoughts on recruiting we'll pick back up when we continue with today's edition of the drive on espn 94.1 and am nine thirty. 30.
3: This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank,
0: the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC.
1: Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Still to come, we've got basketball coverage for you. The Thundering Herd in action on the road, taking on the Bobcats, Ohio, is the place to be tonight. Or heard basketball and of course if you're not making the trip women are in action tonight taking on Alderson Bronis then it's at 6 o'clock at the Cam Henderson Center we'll hear from the head coach himself One, Mr. Tony Kemper. We'll get to that here a little bit later on in next hour's broadcast. And, of course, we'll hear from Dan D'Antoni as well as we'll preview Marshall taking on Ohio. That is coming up tonight right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. The text line is open, 304-523-2275. That's 304-523-2275. If you want to comment on today's recruiting class, When you look at the signees, when you go over the list, is there a kid? Is there a player coming in? You're like, oh, wow, that kid's coming in. Of course, again, let's not put any pressure on the young man, but you got a Pennington at quarterback, right? That's going to be a huge story if he can maybe take that role one day as the starting quarterback at Marshall University. Of course, that's going to be up to him. He's going to have to make that a reality himself. Nobody's expecting him to come in and be Chad. Everyone expecting him to be his own man, and so we look forward to seeing what he looks like. But Coach Huff spoke to the media earlier this afternoon about the recruiting class, and we pick back up with Coach Huff and his presser from earlier in the day.
2: Coach, looking at some of the guys who have committed to transferring, some of the guys you've announced today, particularly the Florida State guys, Robinson and uh, and, and LeBourne. those guys came into Tallahassee as really high-level recruits for one reason or another. Things don't work out with the guys there. What, what's the pitch like when you're going after these guys that that had been so highly regarded coming out of high school when you're trying to get them to come to Huntington from, from their current
0: school? Yeah, well, all of those guys I recruited personally. Um, I recruited Kaitlin because I was at Penn State at the time, and Saquon had just kind of hit the – You know, hit the charts, and he was the top running back in high school. And he was in the area in the Virginia Beach area where I was recruiting. Um, So I'd been to his house for a home visit, and and I felt like I lost to Florida State when we didn't get him. Um, Same thing with Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson was um, on our board at Alabama. It came down to where we we were going to take another wide out, or we were going to take a guy at another position, and we took a guy at another position. Um, so we were so I have a very long standing relationship with both of these guys. That's part of the reason why um, they came here, because, you know, again, when you're in the transfer portal, you're you're it's, it's, it's scary, man. You're jumping into something you don't know. And the thing that you got to think about, like transfer portal is not a multi-year thing. Like once you jump in there, you're stuck. So like you jump in the transfer portal and you go to a school and you don't like it. Well, the the rules don't allow you to get in again, you know. So a lot of these guys are looking for some type of comfort, you know, with something that, you know, hey, I know Coach Huff. I know one of the things that Brian Robinson, he's uh, really good friends with Corey Gamage and EJ Jackson, came from the same area. So they have been telling him about, you know, what the new, you know, Marshall was like and what Coach Huff was like. Um, And then he's like, yeah, Coach Huff recruited me at Alabama. You know, so now you got a little bit of a familiarity with not only the people here, but the players. Um, and then same thing with Kalen. You know, I mean, Kalen, you know, he's a guy that um, has been recruited for me at Penn State, really liked the relationships I built, um, felt like Florida State was the better fit for him, didn't have you know the success that he thought he would have had, battled through some injuries, uh, probably grew up as much as anyone else in the in the you know program. You know, as far as mentality wise, and now he's got an opportunity to um, to come back and, and finish his career the right way.
2: Tell me a little Georgia, bit about um, Cam Pedro. That's a guy who's obviously got some connections to the school through his father being a being a very good player at Marshall, played on a really high level team down in Georgia with some with some really highly regarded teammates as far as recruiting goes. Just just what's Cam Pedro bring to the program?
0: You know, Cam's a guy that, um, you know, I, we we had camp in the uh, in the summer. You know, we, we have camp and, you know, everybody's out there running around. And Cam is a guy that caught our eye in camp. Um, and I didn't know at the time that his dad played here. You know, I mean, he's just running routes and he's running his 40. And I'm looking at this guy with really good hip flexibility, really smooth in and out of routes, catching the ball well, competing. You know, one of the things I look for at, at camp is, does a guy keep trying to get to the front of the line? or does he just kind of take a rep and stand in the back? And Cam just kept getting to the front. He'd go to the right side, he'd take a rep. He'd go over to the left side, he'd take a rep. Um, And I went to Coach Trickett. I said, who who is, it might've been number 155 or whatever his jersey number was. Um, And he said, oh, that's Cam Pedro. His dad played here. His legacy uh, ran really well. Um, You know, Cam's a guy that's not big in stature, so he's a guy that's going to come in the development world. You know, he's going to have to put on some weight, put on some strength. Um, but he has played championship football. You know, I think right now, I'm not sure we have any guy on our team. And this is a stat that you can double check. Corey, help me out here. I don't know if we have any guy on our team that won a state championship in high school right now. I don't know. And that, that, that says a lot because the mentality of winning it, it's, it's not just something you can talk about. And that just doesn't mean that these guys didn't have great high school careers. Just talking about winning championships is something that is contagious. There's a different type of expectation when you play. There's a different type of understanding of what it takes to get deep into the season. There's a different type of understanding of what it takes to compete at a high level. Um, Cam and uh, Grubbs are two young men that we signed who, who won state championships. Um, you know that that means something. Now, is that the end all be all? No, I mean you, you're a good football player. I can't call plays for you. I don't know what your culture is, but it says something when you have a championship culture players on your team. Um, it's, it, it, it means something, you know. So those are some things that stood out about Cam. You know that they, they, I think they're going to play in a national championship coming up. Um, Collins Hill versus um, some school out west or something. I mean they're they they're 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 doing a really good job. Their coach does a really good job. Um, Cam's a great kid, as far as mentality wise. Fitz Marshall, uh, we went to his school for a home or for a visit, and they, uh, the parents made posters. And every poster, when Cam was like six, seven, eight years old, is him and his dad. And Cam's got a Marshall shirt or a Marshall hat. So Cam got recruited a long time ago. He just didn't know it. Um, so his dad
3: did a really good job of, of uh, brainwashing him early uh, about Marshall. Those legacy guys, you know. Uh, Cole Pankton being another one. Uh, how important is it to have guys within a recruiting class that know what Marshall's all about going into it so they can spread that knowledge to the guys that that are their peers? That, do you feel like it's more important coming from players and peers than what it can be coaches at times?
0: Yeah, and I think that another thing that goes, that's a good point, I, I think coming from players, coming from guys their own age is um, is, is always great. Even to the fact of I think sometimes we get confused when alumni are back, even like, we want the alumni back. We need the alumni back. But the players in the locker room, there's a disconnect between Doug Chapman and, you know, one of the players in the locker room. Now, Doug's on staff, so that's different. But if Doug just came back, but like, oh, yeah, he played here. Unless it's like Randy Moss or Byron Leftwich, like they know those guys by name because they see them on ESPN. But there's still a disconnect in era, there's a disconnect in age, there's disconnect in time, that our players respect the former players, but it's, it's different when their own peers are talking about what Marshall means to them. It's different when a 16-year-old is talking to a 16-year-old about what Marshall has done in his life different than with any alumni. I mean, with any alumni, there's there's a disconnect, right? And we need to get more alumni back to try to ease that disconnect so guys feel more comfortable, guys have more of a connection. But it's 10 times more important when it's coming from a 16-year-old to a 16-year-old or an 18-year-old to an 18-year-old um, because they speak the same language, right? Like, I'm sure Rick Mestrov does not know what TikTok is. Great alumni, going to have a great impact on our players and program. But again, it's a different disconnect, and that's not a knock on Rick. He may be on TikTok right now. I don't know, but like, it, there's just a there's a disconnect in time and age that when it's an 18 year old talking to an 18 year old, it's just a different type of discussion.
2: Rich, looking at the list of of signatures you have in, when you look at where these guys are from, the one that really jumps out to me, Andrew Morris. From Arizona, very highly regarded linebacker out there, but but how does Marshall go get a guy from Arizona? That's not something you see a whole lot around
3: here.
0: Yeah. So here's what happened. So I don't know if you guys remember. In the summer, we went to some satellite camps, right, in areas around Marshall. We went to West Virginia. We went to Cincinnati. We went to NC State. We went to North Carolina. Uh, we went down to Florida. Um, I think that's about it. Andrew Morris grandmother lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. Andrew Morris was visiting grandma and went to the NC State camp. We were at the NC State camp. We saw Andrew Morris work out, saw him run, saw him do everything. I obviously got a chance to talk to him, you know, about Marshall. um, Said, hey, you know, where are you from? He's Arizona. What are you doing in North Carolina? Well, my grandma lives out here and I have a lot of family that lives in North Carolina. My brother and I are actually going to drive back to Arizona in a couple of weeks. We said, hey, why don't you guys drive up to Marshall on your way? So they drive up to Marshall, do a visit, they love it. They are planning as a family, prior to Marshall even coming into the picture, to move to North Carolina, to be closer to the grandmother. So yes, we got a young man from Arizona, but really he's a North Carolina radius guy, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? And that's kind of how that happened. And we kind of, I would say that's Marshall luck, right? You know, it just so happened to be, he's got a grandmother lives in North Carolina. He was there for the NC State camp. We were at the NC State camp. They're planning to move east anyway. Um, You know, we were able to see him move, see him work out. He was able to drive up to Marshall um, before he went back west and fell into our lap. No, we're not trying to recruit a ton of Arizona and California and Nevada players but again, to me, it's about relationships, right? It's about relationship. He has relationship in Carolina, in Charlotte, which is very close to us, you know, area that we do a good job in recruiting. Uh, he just so happened to play his senior year of football in Arizona.
3: Coach, so I know on Monday you talk about
2: the gap is winding with Marshall moving to the Sun Belt. So, will you, as a coaching staff, kind of look at like the Sun Belt rankings, like recruiting wise, to kind of see like where you guys kind of stack up after the whole sign day is done?
0: Uh, Not for this class, for the 23 class, um, because to me, when we started recruiting this class, we were recruiting to our model for Conference USA, where we were as far as, you know, who we were losing, what we were trying to replace. Um, But moving forward, you know, we will definitely do that um, because I think, again, you're not recruiting necessarily to a conference. You're recruiting to a model right? What are you recruiting to? What do we do offensively? What do we do defensively? What do you do special teams-wise? But I think you have to be very aware of the level that you're playing in and the playing people you're playing against. So if you're playing in the SEC, you can't necessarily recruit guys that you know can beat Army, okay? So if we're playing in the Sun Belt, we need to be recruiting guys that can defeat the teams in the Sun Belt. So you have to look at how are the Sun Belt teams built, Obviously, in the group of five level, there's probably going to be very little um, difference between the Sun Belt and Conference USA as far as the way the teams are built. So now it's our job to go get the best players in the country to fit what we do. Um, So the rankings that we will be looking at for this class will be based on what Conference USA, you know, the the model we were in for Conference USA. I think moving forward into the Sun Belt, our model's got to change just a little bit. Um, And when I say our model, well, we're probably not going to recruit as many players out of Arkansas as Arkansas State. But we also have to be aware of who Arkansas State is recruiting. And I'm just using them as an example, as a school that's a little further away. Uh, ULL, for an example, we have to be aware of who they're recruiting, because if they're able to tap into bigger, faster, stronger football players, and we're not tapping into that or trying to tap into that, I think we're putting ourselves behind.
2: Last one for me, coach Pete Zamora, I believe was the first kid that that committed once you, you came in and he was strong with that all the way through and was a real big cheerleader and tried to get a lot of other guys involved. Just tell me about the recruitment of of Zamora and how important he was to kind of getting the ball rolling on this class.
0: Yeah. um, Peter worked out with a trainer that I had a relationship with. Um, You know, so he was a guy that trained in his academy. Um, Peter was a guy who'd been training in that Academy for, I want to say probably four or five years Um, so the the trainer that I had a relationship with had a very good relationship with Peter, kind of watched him grow and develop. Um, And one of the things that, you know, when we got here, we were looking for when we looked at our our roster, we said we got to make sure we get some quarterbacks. Um, And Peter was a guy that that to me exudes what a quarterback should exude right leadership, um, positive energy. Um, A guy who's, you know, able to kind of recruit or pull guys together, right? It's no different than you're trying to pull guys together and recruiting and then you're pulling guys together on the field. Hey, guys, let's go. We're going to get a good drive. here. Um, Obviously, Peter has continued to develop um, probably a mix between, um, you know, a solid thrower that's athletic. He's not, you know. He's not Michael Vick, you know, as far as moving around, but he's also he can move and we can do some of the things we do in the quarterback run game with him throws well enough. Um, And he's a guy to me who is he's a football junkie. That's the one thing you're going to learn about Peter, man. Coach Cramsey went to his house to do a home visit. He's got a whiteboard in his bedroom. He's got plays drawn up on the whiteboard. Um, you know, he texts coach Cramsey every week. Hey, what's the game plan this week? How are they against the run? How are they against the pass? Um, you know, coach Cramsey probably sometimes like, Hey Pete, you got six months before you get here, man. Why are you asking me? But again, that's what you want, man. You want people that love the game of football. Um, you know, it's something like, you know, you love your job. You love your wife. You, there's not a day that goes by that you don't think about what you love. And I think that's what uh, a lot of these guys, especially Peter that are in this class really have.
1: Coach Huff, an extensive conversation about Marshall's recruiting class. Our text line open for you 304 523. 2275 that's 304-523-2275 the phone line brought to you by White Claw at 877-420 talk that's 877-420 8255 we wrap up today's edition of The Drive brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930
3: this is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank
1: Who's ready for some basketball? I'm ready. This is like the warm-up. Today show's the warm-up. We got Huntington Federal Savings Bank college basketball today coming up. Going to be over on 93.7 The Dog as well as we get ready for Marshall taking on Ohio. The Bobcats. Got to win this one. Because if Marshall doesn't win this one, I've got to put up with a Bobcat fan in the office tomorrow. Yeah, got to put up with him. I'm not wanting to put up with him, so I'm personally asking Dan D'Antoni, don't don't put me through that. Got to get this win. Bobcats are seven and two this season. They're pretty good at home. They're undefeated, five and zero there. Pick second to finish in the Mid-American Conference preseason coaches poll. We're going to talk about all of that. We're going to get Dan's thoughts on what Ohio's all about. We'll hear from Tavion Kinsey also coming up tonight at the Cam Henderson Center. They're going to tip off here in a few minutes, and we'll still preview it for those of you maybe on your way or, of course, uh, if you can't get out there to the game tonight, you can watch that one as well. They put those up on ESPN+. Hurt is taking on AB Alderson us the battlers. So we got all that coming up. So I'm ready for some basketball action. I think you are as well. So with all that said we will be back in 60 seconds here on ESPN 94.1 AM and AM930.